interesting video to reflect on, isn't it? And our roles and where God's calling us to follow. Uh, let's spend some time now and listen to God's word and the Bible readings for today that give us hope and encouragement uh, and who God, who God is for us and how he calls us and uses us to share his good news with everyone we meet. Let's hear. The first Bible reading for today comes from Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 13. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown. For an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. And the second reading is from Romans 10, verse 11 to 17. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And the third reading is from John twenty nineteen to 23 On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.
Thank you, God, for those wonderful words and thank you for reading them, uh, the, the promise and hope that we have. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, the gift of Jesus Christ who's come into our lives and saved us and gives us hope, hope to live in and hope in you. We pray that you'd open our ears and our hearts to your saving word here this morning and grow us as your children and equip us to reach out to others with the good news of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So who has, um, have you heard about the latest census statistics? Who's, Who's seen the latest census statistics around religion or Christianity? Just a few? Okay, yeah, so they're slowly being released and all sorts of different findings are being released. And um, for those who haven't heard, yes, the people who've ticked the box that they're a Christian in some way, shape or form has gone down again. So it was 52% five years ago, now it's 44%. Um, So that's one statistic. Another one is in the Lutheran category. There was 178,000 people that ticked it last time in 2016. This time, there was 100 and, about 145,000 people that ticked it. Interesting numbers to reflect on, aren't they? And interesting ways that we can have a perspective on how do we look at those kind of numbers. One is, okay, it's declining. I feel like it's shrinking. What's happening in the world? What do we do? Another way of looking at it is what an opportunity we have in the mission field of Australia, to reach out to 56% of the population with the good news of Jesus. And then even more so when we look at us as a Lutheran church and how we reach out. Another way to look at it is 44% of Australia is over 11 million people. There are over 11 million people who elected to, because you didn't have to fill that question out, elected to go in and tick that box to declare, I'm a Christian. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And encouraging. We're not alone. And even in the Lutheran section, so back in 2011, I think it was on a bit of a drop-down list, 2016, there was, on 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 the more front page, 2016, it was, I think, a bit more hidden, and in this one, you actually had to write the word Lutheran. And there's 100, over 140,000 people elected to go through all that and write Lutheran. So in a way, the statistics can also help show that, well, are people actually just selecting that at random? What's their motivation? Well, this time, it actually gives us a real, uh, even maybe a more truer picture of commitment as the body of Christ in this country, Australia. And so wonderful opportunities that we have to go out together to share the good news of Jesus. But as I shared just before the confession absolution, sometimes it doesn't always feel that easy to do, does it? And in that Romans reading, uh, the second reading that we heard today, um, it starts off with a wonderful promise. Because evangelism can sometimes feel like, I don't know how it feels to you, but I've got to do all this. Seriously? What's, how do I do all this? What do I do? 
Now, some of you may be better at this than others and have giftings and callings and all of the above. But often sometimes, you know, we might feel ashamed of what we've done. And I said, well, we say, oh, I'm not a really good enough Christian. Maybe the pastor should do it. Well, let me give you the hot hot tip. Sometimes pastors feel that way too. Um, And as we saw in that little video, evangelism is not just all for the pastor. Even those that when Jesus appeared to the disciples in that John reading, wasn't just the 12, it was, there were disciples there. And it was interesting because what is, almost what, Jesus does what you don't expect. He's good at that, isn't he? Uh, When we we read the, the gospel reading, that John reading, the disciples who had been with Jesus for years, hearing his promises, hearing what was going to happen, where were they? They were locked in fear afraid to walk out and do anything, to share anything, confused. And what does Jesus do? Come in and say, hey, what are you clowns doing? I have told you so many times. I'm with you. And we often sometimes think, oh, yeah, but what if Jesus was just here with me? Well, he is all the same. And so, but there also hope that what does Jesus do with the disciples? He came and said, peace be with you. Jesus' mission of peace, to guide and to be with us, to give us wholeness and give us life. And if he did that reaction with people, you would expect in a way to you know, be ready for Jesus rising and the like. How much more will he give that to us, a peace? And in that Romans reading, the first line is, by believing in Jesus, you will never be put to shame. Never be put to shame. Sometimes we in our evangelism we can say, "Oh, am I going to say the wrong thing or the right or not? What am I?" And everything gets so confusing. And sometimes we can even be tempted to be ashamed of the gospel. And Jesus comes along and says, "You'll never be ashamed. I've got you. I love you. I forgive you. I give you my peace. I restore you to me. Follow me." And He does that over and over and over again in our relationship with Him. It's quite amazing what Jesus does, and He takes that shame of anything that we're feeling, onto the cross. And so if there's anything that we're feeling personally, guilt, fear, all sorts of stuff, the stuff that you know, we kind of know and bury sometimes, God knows and sees us for who we are, but he comes and says, peace, I love you, I forgive you. Because Jesus wants everyone to be saved. And the next line was you know, Jews and Gentiles, and so that was the time, the, the clash. But I'm for everyone. I came to save everyone. And I'm not sure about you, but we all seem to have but even that person in our lives. There's all, you know, there's all those, there's that one person, but surely, God, you can't love that person. Now, that person could be closer to us in some different circumstances. It could be family, could be whoever. And, but yet God came to love and forgive that person too. And so calls us then to go. And we hear this wonderful pattern Uh, in our reading today after everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved it almost sounds too simple to start with doesn't it to hear everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved everyone again but and they just call on the name of the lord and they're saved but what about all the other steps that have to happen before that or what about do they know that they're sinners and all the other things But yet, what is Jesus and God calling us to do? Calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Sharing that name, the name of Jesus, the name above all names, the names that can change lives and give hope. What a wonderful name to share, a name that gives us life and us hope. And so this wonderful pattern comes in and says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Quite a pattern there, isn't it? I used to work back in the day for um, Lutheran Community Care, as it was known back then, and often heard the, the St. Francis Assisi quote. Um, you might even be able to remember it better than me, but it kind of calls us to go and love one another and in emergencies use words or something along the lines. It was interesting because I went and actually in this role at Lutheran Media thinking, well, I'm, just, I'm using words, so what does this mean, this quote? And I actually found out, well, that's actually St. Francis was a preacher, And he would have preached God's word and the good news of Jesus. His intent was not for us to use it as as an excuse to not share the good news of Jesus, but was called to love one another in the intent of that. So I found that fascinating because as in this this sequence of questions goes, God calls us to share. And then there's this really interesting line. It says, that is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the, the feet of messengers who bring good news. Now, I would expect something different. Maybe our mouths, our hearts, um, personalities, uh, all sorts of things that we look to. Does anyone look to the feet of someone who brings good news? Um, We don't, do we? We look at faces and those kind of things. What's going on here? Feet. Do you have beautiful feet? Who has beautiful feet? <laughs> in our Western culture, we spend so much money covering them up, don't we? Um, the smelly, the grimy, you know, don't all that look all that pretty sometimes. So it's interesting, isn't it? Beautiful are the feet. What do feet do? Walk. Feet help us walk. So they take us from one place to another, they take us from where I am to someone else. They move you into the presence of people, don't they? Into each other. Climb. Yeah. You can skip if you want. I won't give a demonstration. Jump. All sorts of things. There's feet. Feet there. They also can give us balance. But they also cause us to stand. Stand. And so how beautiful are the feet of people that bring good news? What? causes us to stand as Christians, God's word. That famous Luther quote of here I stand, I can do no other but in the grace and mercy of Jesus and in the word of God. That's where we stand and that's what makes us, our feet beautiful. It's not us, it's Jesus. And Jesus in through our feet, as he washed those disciples' feet, as the lady with her hair and the perfume cleanses us, restores us, gives us good news to share, to go and give other people hope in Jesus. What a powerful message we have to give and to share with people. And I'll probably keep wearing out the carpet if I keep walking around like this a bit too. But it is, isn't it? God calls us to move and to be with people and to share the hope of Jesus. What a powerful message. And In partnership with you 
in the, the Lutheran Church. This is what Lutheran media is trying to do to pe- with people all across Australia and New Zealand and the world. If we want to click to the next slide, this is just a screenshot of the Messages of Hope website. Who knows of Messages of Hope? Yes, there's a... Oh, fantastic. Okay. More people know about Messages of Hope than the census. That's got to say something. <laughs> uh, but you're, if you haven't heard of Messages of Hope, your Messages of Hope is on over a 1,000 radio stations across Australia and New Zealand. It's on the number one radio station in New Zealand, and they want it there to share the hope of Jesus. It goes across all New Zealand now, lots of other radio stations. It's, I, we get requests from people across New Zealand and Australia from radio stations that we didn't even realise were being played on because they pick, radio stations pick these things up and they put them on all sorts of radio stations. Locally, we're here on Life FM, uh, so about quarter to seven in the evening with the 15-minute the program and then lots of little spot messages through the week. Uh, we're on SEN. Now, for anyone who follows the AFL still um, and all the cricket... <laughs> sorry, Port Power and Crow supporters. Uh, anyway, um, SEN is the Sports Entertainment Network and it plays the football and the cricket. And so through a commentary or something, a discussion on football sometime, they might get to hear a little message of hope. So my voice introducing something about God and how he can offer hope in our lives. So the power of media that can connect and reach out. So social media, anyone here on social media? And Facebook, and yes. If I'd asked that question almost pre-pandemic to people in church, it was like, oh, am I allowed to be? And now we're standing on this side and going, yeah, yeah, we're there. And yes, we're trying to... And so through social media, we're trying to offer the hope of Jesus. So inspiring posts to just encourage people or take them on the next step and, or to introduce them to who Jesus is. And through all of these resources and videos and booklets, and I've put some out on a display that you please help yourself to the booklets and take them and use them for yourself or people that you know. Lots of other resources out there too. But through this, people are coming to hear of Jesus and his good news. It's pretty powerful. Sadly, though, as you may experience, not everyone appreciates that. So we certainly get our fair share of people coming at us and um, attacking us. Some saying, religion is divisive, why believe in fairy tales, you know, suffering, all those kind of questions that you may hear from time to time. The interesting thing is in our Bible reading at Romans, we had, there was an interesting line that, in Isaiah that the Israelites didn't all believe the message. Even the Israelites didn't believe in Jesus, and we know that, and others. And so it gives us hope to say, no, just keep going. We shouldn't necessarily let that rejection and the attack affect us. And so what we do at Lutheran Media is respond in compassion and love. God's big enough than us. And it's incredible that nine times out of ten, they'll often come back and say, thank you for listening. Either I've had a bad moment or your message triggered something in a past memory. Um, can you help me? What have you got? All sorts of things. And we start, they start either a renewed relationship in Jesus or a new relationship in Jesus. So many people respond and say, I've never heard God spoken like that as gracious and compassionate. thought he was just all rules. Quite fascinating of the love and the saving love of God because the world doesn't communicate that. That's what God calls us to do with each other. So go there and have a look at videos and all sorts of things. Our messages are hope.org.au. Um, if we click once more, there is Happy Land for the, for the kids and the families. So I bought a few little show bags if you'd like to take some for the little ones in your life. 
Yes, they too would love them to hear the good news of Jesus and yeah, the wonderful school here that does that also too, just to introduce kids to Jesus. And also then on lutheranmedia.org.au, there's lots of resources there to help you and walk with you in your evangelism efforts. There's over 70 different booklet topics. I brought just a selection with me today that you can download for free. It's free PDFs you can download. There's greeting cards. Yes, there's online worship and the like, similar to how you're doing it here. And there's lots of DVDs and guides and resources. You can also subscribe for free to the monthly e-news there. Um, Lots of different ways that you can partner with us as well. I'm not sure if you're aware, but Lutheran Media runs entirely on donations. So, and, and so I want to say thank you to the people here. I know that there are people that support the work of Lutheran Media. So, um, but also, if you'd like to join with us, please pray for us, but in particular the people that are being reached and the media outlets carrying these messages um, of hope in Jesus. And if you'd like to join with us, you can go here to lutheranmedia.org.au. There is tax deductibility and regular giving, and we do honour legacies and bequests. But most importantly, keep us in your prayers and the people that are being reached. Because as we heard and through these evangelism readings, everyone, how wonderful would it be for everyone to call on the name of the Lord and be saved? How wonderful would it be everyone in your life, in your circle of friends and family would say, yes, I believe in Jesus. And you have these wonderful conversations about how Jesus has impacted your life how you could share your, your story, maybe of the day, the week, or the year or beyond, of how Jesus made a difference in your life. And people open to that and go, wow, thank you. Let me pray for you. I'll pray for you. Because evangelism often just starts with us sharing the love of Jesus with each other, encouraging each other as we go, where two or three are gathered and we go in Jesus. And Jesus is always with us um, to go and to call on the name of the Lord. Wonderful stories um, that we have to share in Jesus. I'm going to just share with you now um, a little video. So it's a one little one minute message. It's one of the, we do 30 second one minute messages that go across um, the radio and we put them into little videos that you can more welcome to watch, share and otherwise on social media. So this is of someone, we just ask a question, someone shares a story and we, yes, and of, of hope in Jesus. Have a watch. Can you ever be free of guilt? I got involved in a lot with drinking and that developed into a lot of lying with parents and friends and lying to myself about who I was. The more I felt guilty, the more I did what I felt guilty about. So how did you stop feeling guilty? I so thought it had to be about what I did and how I got over the guilt, but it's not about what I do, it's about stepping into the love that God has. And you don't break out of it alone. There is hope to be free from guilt. God can free you from it. His forgiveness can give you a new start. Step into his love and surrender your guilt to Jesus. He loves you and wants you to be free of guilt. For help to be free from guilt, go to messagesofhope.org.au. And uh, the peace of God which passes all understanding. May it keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And over to the band. <laughs> 